Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Wednesday, July the 18th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are going to be talking all things Ed Rush, edge rushers with Kevin Dern, author of the defensive preview piece up live on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. But before we get into that, I kindly invite all of you that haven't done so already to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins, and of course, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And for those of you that don't know Kevin, our guest coming on the show here in just one second, he and I had a podcast before Locked On Dolphins called the Finalysis Podcast as part of the Welcome to Perfectville page with Sam and Chris over there. And we are very much into the X's and O's. That's how this whole background got started here. And Kevin was, quote, the defensive coordinator of the podcast, and I handled the offensive side of the football. So this guy has a wealth of knowledge in defensive schematic football, and particularly the Miami Dolphins defense. He has been on this wide nine defense for a long time now, studying it, finding out the right pieces to go along with it, Matt Burke's version of it. And he is just, he, he I can't explain how much this guy knows about football on the defensive side. And he has been writing these defensive preview pieces for as long as I can recall on the message boards and been authoring them for five, six, seven years now. And he has it up on LockedOnDolphins.com for the first time. So I figured let's get him on here and talk about every single position group on this team. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring on our guest, Kevin Dern. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we welcome into the podcast now a longtime friend of the show and I think the highest, at least as far as quantity goes, the, the most frequent co-host of the podcast. He is, of course, Kevin Dern. He is at KevinMD4 on Twitter. Kevin, what's up, man? Uh, not too much. Just uh, got finished watching the World Cup the other day and uh, got my defensive preview ready to go tonight. So doing good. Yeah, Kevin and I are recording this podcast. These next five shows are going to be a little bit strange for you guys because we're recording them all in one go. I'm on vacation at the end of July here leading up to training camp, so I wanted to get these podcasts out. Kevin has published his defensive preview piece, which you, if you haven't seen already, it's up on LockedOnDolphins.com, and it's it's just some of the best work that we get every year, Kevin. You, you've posted it to the message boards, and now we're very, very fortunate to have it on LockedOnDolphins.com. And since this episode is airing on the 18th of July, that is the day the rookies report to camp. So those guys are in camp as people are hearing this podcast right now. And first thing I got to ask you, Kev, is I think the pick is probably pretty obvious, but who is the rookie that will make the biggest impact for you in year one? Uh, I think by default, it's got to be Minka, just because he's probably going to play the most snaps out of all of them um, right off the bat. So he'd be my guy right, right, right from day one. It's really tough to go against him. I don't know how you could. I, I think maybe if, if Mike Isecki had a couple of uh, you know red zone explosions, so to speak, where he got just touchdowns and bunches and, and piled up like seven or eight touchdowns, maybe that would be the case. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And like you said, Minka's going to play 100% of the snaps. So he's going to be out there. We'll talk about safeties on a future podcast. But we're talking about defensive ends on this podcast. And the first thing we've got to go to here, Kevin, is 
the change in the defensive line coach. And I, I know you were a bit skeptical of the previous coach. What are some of your thoughts on Chris Kosarek and, and kind of some of the things he brings to the table for this group? Yeah, I mean, he's got a reputation for, for coaching guys hard. Um, he'd been in Detroit previously under Jim Schwartz and, uh, and under Terrell Austin, so he knows the wide line. Um, he's coached a lot of guys, and then, you know, obviously they traded for Akeem Spence, who was with him. Um, I think he's just an aggressive guy, and he's going to teach the guys to be aggressive and get upfield. And I just think having that background in the wide nine, which is something that Terrell Williams didn't have, will, will really help, especially with some of the younger guys like Harris and, and Cameron Malvo, and, and hopefully he can get Andre Branch to, to rebound back to that 2016 form. Um, so I think you'll see that. And then I think there's, you know, the potential for him to work with Matt Burke and creating a lot more stunts and different, you know, rush packages that they do up front. So I'm excited to see that. And I think when we first hired Kosarek, you and I had spoke about what he could do for Indomitian and Sue. Was that a surprise to you that he was cut in light of this coaching change? Or do you think the two were kind of unrelated? Um, that's a good question. I think Sue's being cut was probably more just straight salary cap, you know, from that perspective. Um, it would have been great to have kept him just because I remember being at that Dolphins-Lions game at fourth field back in 2014 and you know, they had Indomitian Sue lined up all over the place. They had him at DN, D-Tackle. I think they dropped him in coverage one time in a little hook zone. Um, so they just did so many different creative things with Sue, and it would have been really cool to see how they would have played that out here. Now, obviously, he's gone, so maybe they don't get as creative just because there's really not another D-Tackle, you know, on the roster like him. But, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings, and I, I think they'll be pretty aggressive and, you know, I think Miami's going to improve a lot from where they were as far as sacks a year ago. I think they were 26 in the league with 30 sacks. So I would I would imagine they get at least 40 this year. And we go from one Hall of Famer leaving the roster to one that's been on the roster for his entire career. And I'm talking, of course, about Cameron Wake. And it's been just really kind of remarkable how little money he has made in regards to the type of production he provides as a pass rusher. And it sets the second highest paid position in the league as far as, you know, behind quarterbacks. No one else gets paid more than guys that get the quarterbacks. And Cam Wake is consistently making $8, $9 million a year, where you have guys like Olivier Vernon making $16 million bucks a year. And Cam Wake's back in 2018. He's 36 years old. He has $8 million guaranteed coming to him this year. His cap number is at $9.6 million. Kevin, is this guy ever going to run out of juice? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. You know, they had the, the mic'd up segment with him last week on the Dolphins website. He was talking about his diet with, I think it was Gabe Wright, and he said his cheat day once a week is allowing himself to have one strip of bacon. So <laughs> obviously he's doing the right things on and off the field. But, uh, you know, I think there was an article, I can't remember who, who wrote it, but even Wake talked about how, you know, this year he might see a cut down in, in, in snaps just to help keep him fresh throughout the game. And I think that's something that Chris Kachurik's going to do this kind of model, this D-line rotation after what Philadelphia had last year. I mean, it's the exact same scheme. The Eagles were too deep pretty much across the front, sort of like how Miami could be this year. So I think they'll rotate Wake out a little more just to keep him fresh for those pass rush downs. And if he does, if he can stay healthy and stay fresh in that sense and, and play this way at age 36, it just doesn't really seem like there's much of an end in sight for him. I know it's going to happen eventually the way it happened with James Harrison, but 
Man, you talk about the way he works, the way he leads by example, and that, that mic'd up segment was so much fun to watch, and I highly recommend it for all you guys that haven't done so already on the Dolphins' Twitter page or Facebook page, whatever it is. They have those mic'd up segments during practice, and Cam Wake got a hold of the mic, and he's just an easygoing, fun-loving guy, but it also has that competitive spirit. I think that he could possibly kind of reverberate some of the personality from Coach, and I feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong, Kev, every time. I say Kusarek, you say Kucherek. I've, I've heard it Kachurik, Kachurik. who knows what, what the right way is. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm going to stick with what I've been doing because it just sounds good on my tongue. But you, the, just the way he can kind of emulate what the coach wants on the defensive side of the field, it seems like Cam Wake could be the guy to kind of relay that message to the defense. So we'll talk about the rest of this defensive line here in the podcast coming up here. We're going to take a break for a second. He is at Kevin or at Kevin MD4. Kevin Dern on the podcast here with us. I'm at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. So in that first segment, we talked about Cameron Wake and, and what he has meant to the Dolphins, not only in the past, but this year as well. And one of the things we talked about was the contract. And we go on to this next guy here on the list, and it's, it's Robert Quinn. And I think he's projected to start alongside Cam Wake. And you look at his figure this year, he is at a cap hit of $12.9 million. So, or no, that's, that's for 19, excuse me. This year, it's $11.4 million. So a cap hit higher than what Cam Wake makes. And they're banking on the fact that this guy can go back to I guess his 2013 form when he played in a defense that was similar to the one that the Dolphins are playing now. Kevin, is this guy going to be able to bounce back? Is he going to be the starter, the the long-term pass rusher opposite Cam Wake, or will he heed to the competition of Charles Harris behind him? Well, that's a good question. I think for the short term, so maybe just you know this season, maybe one more, he can probably kind of bounce back to the form he was at. You know, maybe not 2013 when he was all world, but you know, close to it. Um, you know, he's got experience in the wide nine. I think that wide alignment where he can kind of dip and rip. And, you know, we've heard Laramie Tunsil talk about how hard it is to block him without pads on. So I think he'll he'll give us a good season. I would imagine he's probably, you know, going to get us 8 to 12 sacks, provided he stays healthy. And, uh, you know, he's always played the run pretty well, even though he's not the, the biggest of, of guys out there. So I think he'll be able to, to kind of hold that, that starting spot, I guess. But... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he and Charles Harris are, you know, playing like 55 and 45% of the snaps and then, you know, they mix in Andre Branch, you know, however they will. But I think Quinn's a good get, um, you know, but I think we can also get out of his contract relatively easily if he if he doesn't pan out. So I think it's a it's a good roll of the dice is my call on it. Yeah, it's a safe bridge to Harris because I think one of the things we talked about last year, Kev, on the Finalysis podcast we did was talking about how Charles Harris – it could be one of those, basically Cam Wake from 2009, where he was basically just a pass rush specialist, a guy that comes off the bench and goes after the quarterback. And if he can play that role with a little bit more expansion in his game, we saw him last year kick inside for a few snaps early on in the season. That kind of went away towards the end. But do you think Charles Harris, what kind of year do you project Charles Harris to have? Is he going to play primarily that right side defensive end, kick inside? What's what's the deal with the uh, sophomore pass rusher here for us? Yeah, um... You know, he, he really surprised me last year, and he played the run a lot better than I thought he would for a rookie. So I think he'll he'll get a, a fair amount of snaps as a right defensive end, you know, just in that rotation. I think Miami's probably going to have a, a third down pass rush line where they put all four DNs on the field between Quinn, Harris, Hayes, and Wake. So he could probably play some snaps inside there, and there's a bunch of different stunts and, and things you can do based off that. But um, I think Harris, if he can – you know, it sounds like he's gotten a lot stronger this offseason. If he can learn to use his leverage and, and kind of get into his moves quickly, um, you know, I could see him getting, you know, six to ten sacks. You know, he had, what, I think 
two last year, two and a half, something like that. And he was close a handful of other times. So, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic for him to, to jump up and get, you know, six or eight sacks this season. And, you know, maybe if, if he does that, you know, he's, he's the starter going forward in 2019 as, as Robert Quinn starts to hit the uh, back nine of his career. The back nine of his career as Cam Wake continues to play on the front nine at age 38 in his career. But you talked a little <laughs> bit about the fact that you're projecting something like 40 sacks this year, and it sounds like you're pretty high on, on these all three of these guys, and, and I am too, and there's there's reason for optimism there. Let's go to a guy that does something a little bit differently and talk about William Hayes a little bit. He gets traded to Miami in 2017 for, what was it, a, a coffee mug and a stapler, and he comes yeah. over and has one of the better years as far as defending the run that I can remember him having. And that's kind of been always his forte. He's been an occasional pass rusher here and there, but he's on a super cheap contract. He's here for, I think, just is it just this year? And he, he gets to kind of play that same role as last year where he kind of fills in for Cam Wake as the, the run defensive end and, and kicks inside on nickel down. So you see the same role for him in this year and, and possibly staying healthy all season? Yeah, I think so. And, and this is one of the things I kind of talked about in the in the article is, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but it's kind of picking and choosing the clips that we see and the pictures that we see from OTAs and minicamp. But Charles Harris kind of confirmed one thing that they had, you know, two defensive lines. And the first line was Quinn and Wake at the end. And then the second line was he, and then either Andre Branch or William Hayes at left end. And what I think you're going to see is, you know, if they feel like they need to put more of a run stopping presence on either line, William Hayes will kind of go in with, with both of those waves just to kind of give Wake and Branch, you know, a breather. Um, I think you can expect him to see that same role. Um, you know, I heard uh, Chris Kaufman talking about it. He's really the only defensive end we have that can kind of play tighter to the ball in a true, you know, six and five technique look, which allows Miami to play some under fronts, which is helpful against teams that like to run the ball. So that's something we'll probably see, you know, week one against the Titans. Um I think it's a good deal to bring back. They really don't have another guy on the roster that can play the run that well. And he's been in the wide nine his entire career, you know, from Tennessee on. And so, you know, I, I think it's a good re-signing for Miami. And I think he's a guy that can really help someone like a Cameron Malvo kind of grow and move forward in his career. And we saw what happened to the run defense last year after he got hurt. I think it was before that Baltimore game and the Dolphins got gashed. But speaking of Cameron Malvo, we're going to talk about him and the rest of the guys on the roster at the defensive end position. We're here with Kevin Dern. He is at KevinMD4 on Twitter. You can follow me, of course, at WingfieldNFL and the show at LockedOnFins. All right, so we've talked about the stars, or the starters, I should say. The guys are going to play significant reps, but there's a few guys left on the roster here that we haven't got to yet. And one guy, Kevin, is one that we both didn't like the contract when it happened. We understood that the Dolphins had to approach the defensive end market with their own guy because the draft class wasn't strong and the free agent class wasn't strong. I'm talking, of course, about Andre Branch, who was here on a three-year, $27 million contract that it it looks like he's going to have to play it out this year at least before the Dolphins can get out of that that uh, that really bad contract next season for a $2 million cap hit opposed to about a $12 million cap hit this year, which is more than if they keep him. So he is definitely stuck here unless someone takes on that deal in a trade, which I don't see happening. So... How, you know, because this is a guy that back in 2016, he was more of a situational guy that he was, I guess, more effective as a pass rusher in that role. And then last year he comes on as a starter and just doesn't really do a whole lot. What do you think 2018 looks like for Andre Branch? Yeah, um, I don't know if he'll be the, the quote unquote starter, but I think he'll see his fair share of the rotation. You know, I think Miami's going to want to try and prove that he can live up to that contract they gave him. And, you know, to be fair, their hands were kind of tied because the, 
free agent defensive end market kind of dried up that year with Jason Pierre-Paul, Chandler Jones, and Melvin Ingram all either getting tagged or re-signing before, you know, the legal free, or legal free agency period started. Um, Branch is one of those guys. He can play either side. Um, he played left end for two years in Jacksonville, so I think that may help him out a little bit in terms of getting some snaps. You know, he can kind of help with Wake and Hayes on that side. And the one thing that's always kind of stuck out to me with him is he's, you know, he's not the biggest guy, you know, 6'5", like 260, but he's a pretty good bull rusher, and he can at least kind of walk tackles back into the quarterback, which helps. You know, he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get a sack start to finish, but he can kind of be one of those guys that comes in and cleans up, and he's fairly athletic, and you can use him as sort of a, a spy or something like that on third down. So I think he'll see a fair share of snaps, but, you know, maybe it's more like 15 to 20 a game instead of, you know, 35 and 40, like he was getting back in 2016. Um, you know, and if he proves his worth, great. Maybe you keep him around just because Wake and Hayes are free agents again after the season. If not, then, you know, you cut your losses and move on. And it sounds like the 2019 defensive line or defensive ends, at least could look pretty different than it does in 2018. And I think one of the guys that really kind of provides a linchpin there in that process is what does Cameron Melvo do as far as development and does he make this roster and if he does make the roster he's probably the last defensive end on the roster here and he's an exclusive rights free agent next year so do you think this is a guy that could possibly earn his way into some some playing time this year and possibly reshape the defensive line or defensive ends position group in 2019? It'll be interesting to see that because I remember Chris Kachurik, uh, Kasurik, however we're going <laughs> to say his name, uh, he, did an, he did a media availability after one of the, I think it was one of the OTA uh, practices, and he talked about how he wanted to keep 10 guys on the 53-man roster, but he also acknowledged that, you know, on a game day, you're probably only going to be able to keep eight or nine guys active. So right. as of right now, I've got Cameron Malvo on the 53-man roster, but I think he's going to be that guy that kind of gets – caught in the numbers game a little bit um, unless they only keep 3D tackles active and you play Hayes there a lot because Cameron Malvo to me is kind of a better Terrence today you know he can play on some special teams I think he got like a sack and a half last year down the stretch he can play both sides he can play inside so I think there's something to work with there um, but when you've got all these high-priced contracts with Quinn and you know, Branch, and you've got Wake, and then a first-round pick in Harris, it's going to be tough to, to get snaps for him, but I'd like to see him stay on the roster. So we've got three more guys to talk about here on the roster. They're going into camp as undrafted free agents, and let's go. Let's just go ahead and start here with a, a, a bulk question, and I'm going to get you with a couple of questions here. And my roster for defensive end is Cam Wake, Charles Harris, Robert Quinn, William Hayes, Andre Branch, and I do have Cameron Malveaux making the roster, and I have one of the defensive ends making the practice squad, and my reasoning for it, I really don't have much of a basis for this, but in that mic'd up session you were talking about with Cam Wake, I believe it was Claudie Mathau, or Math, Matthew, I don't know how to say it, it's the, the French name, the Tyron Matthew type <laughs> of name, um, He Cam Wake was was calling him out saying, that, that a boy Claudie, or I think it was him. And he said, yeah, oh, well, Cam Wake knows my name. Now i got to step it up. And so I, I put him on my practice squad, and I don't really have a reason for that. So is, is your roster the same, the top six guys there? And then talk about these undrafted guys and who could possibly make an impact this year. Yeah, I've got the same six guys on my 53-man roster right now. And I think if you're going to cut one, you know, it's going to be Cameron Malvo because I think he would still have practice squad eligibility. Um as far as the other guys between Woodard, Matthew, and Redmond, 
I really don't know a whole lot about any of them. Um, I know Woodard was actually drafted, I want to say, by either Baltimore or Jacksonville a couple years ago. He's a big dude, but he's like 6'6", 275. So Miami doesn't really have a lot of those guys. But, um, you know, just kind of given what Gase and the coaching staff have done the last few years, it's hard for me to see him keeping one of the defensive ends, especially when you've got a guy like Jameis Pittman, the D-tackle from Central Florida. Um, I think he's a guy you try and stash away and, and, you know, maybe replace Jordan Phillips with him down the road. Um, So I don't have any of the young guys on the practice squad this year. Um, But again, that's kind of me going in sight unseen on, on those guys. Yeah, and like you said, there could be a different shift in terms of who they keep just based on the scheme and maybe going less defensive tackles and using a piece like William Hayes to give him more flexibility. All right, perfect. So let's let's get a conclusion here. So you have the roster made up, and you expect, I guess, better production than last year. Do you think this group as a whole, the defensive ends, plays themselves into a top 15, top 10 ranking? Where do these guys stack up in the NFL? Yeah, um, it was kind of interesting to go back and look at some of the stats. Um, if I remember correctly... Miami finished like 16th in total defense. I think they were 14th against the run. And then one of the things I looked at is the the defense wasn't even on the field for four touchdowns that got scored against them last year. So that would actually bump them from 28th to 20th in the league in points. And then there were two other interceptions that Jay Cutler threw where they had to come on the field inside their own 15 and gave up touchdowns. And if you take those away they ended up at 17th in the league in points allowed so I think they're pretty close to the league average um my prediction for the the defense as a whole would be to be in the the top half in terms of points allowed and then I think in terms of like sacks and run defense I think the run defense will probably stay about the same just because you're kind of having to mitigate losing and Dominican Sue. And I think as far as sacks go, I think they'll be in the top half of the league this year. I think they'll get at least 40. Um, And then for reference, last year, Pittsburgh led the league with 56. And if they do get to that mark and they are able to rush the passer with a consistent basis, I think the way this offense is built and the way they'll go, we could actually have a pretty nice year this year. So good stuff, Kevin. Let's come back and do another one for the uh, defensive tackles next. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right, signing off for this one. And off he goes, and that will do it for the defensive end portion of the season preview defensive side of the football podcast with Kevin. Then we'll be back tomorrow for the defensive tackles, but that will do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFin. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for Kevin's written defensive preview up there right now. A huge piece you will not want to miss. You guys have a terrific rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.